Treading water saves lives. That's why we teach kids to tread water. If they fall in, they'll be able to keep themselves alive until help gets there. It's proven, which is why they made me prove I could do it to get my swimming badge when I was eight. See, when I was growing up, my family belonged to a swim club not far from our house. And if you wanted to get your swimming badge, that is a little tag that granted you access to either of the big pools as opposed to the kiddie pool, well, you had to prove that you knew how to swim. And there were three parts to the test. First, you had to swim four laps in the lap pool without stopping. Second, you had to jump off the big diving board in the deep end of the pool and swim over to the ladder. And finally, you had to tread water for three minutes. You signed up for a time, and one of the lifeguards was assigned to administer the test. And to an eight-year-old, this was a very big deal. But I never understood the third part of the test. If I fall into the water, I've already proven that I have the skills required to get myself to safety. I had proven that on the first two requirements of the test. Why bother testing any further? Of course, the answer is obvious. Treading water is a valuable skill to have. We have clear data on that. What if you fall off a boat? Better to tread water until the boat can circle back around to get you. Okay, fine. But treading water is different than swimming to safety. One of them is about waiting to be saved, while the other is about taking action to save yourself. Stick around so we can talk all about what that means for your business. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast dedicated entirely to the restaurant industry. Each week we discuss the tools, tactics, and strategies that will establish you as a leader in your market. That means doing more covers and driving more revenue. Each week we choose a topic, we pick that topic apart, we come up with a few key insights and then finish up with an assignment. I always leave you with a short, actionable task, something you can do right away to start implementing some of the ideas we talk about here on the show, because as I always say, information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. Now, treading water is great. It saves lives, right? Of course, there is clear evidence to support that. But treading water is best used in certain situations. In all other instances, a different response is required. Take this crisis, for example. Many business owners are simply treading water, waiting for the worst to be over. And yeah, at first, that was all you could do. Figure out how to keep the lights on, make sure to keep a little revenue coming in. But remember, treading water is about waiting for the lifeboat. It's about waiting to be saved. And that's fine in certain instances but dangerous in others. I think we have to operate under the assumption that no one is coming to save us. There will be no magic bailout, no silver bullet that will save our industry. And you know what? Maybe time will prove me wrong. Maybe, maybe the politicians will surprise me. Great. Imagine how excited we'll all be to learn that news. But in the meantime, I don't think we can keep treading water waiting to be saved. If you're expecting the waters to settle, I'm here to tell you that the storm is just getting started. Maybe the most violent part is over, but 
Now we have the long road back. So, so imagine a hurricane, right, with a long tail. The eye has already moved far offshore, but, but now we're getting pummeled with wind and rain and choppy waters, and that will last a long time. The question then becomes, how long do you think you can tread water? Three minutes will get you a swimming badge at the swim club, but it's already been 12 weeks. Can you tread water for another 12 weeks? How about another 12 months? Suddenly, the prospect of treading water looks pretty dangerous. That's a lot of energy you're going to expend to keep your head just above water. At a certain point, I think you've got to look around and say, you know, I don't think anyone's coming to save me. And that's when you've got to figure out how to swim to shore. Now, obviously, this has a lot to do with the global health crisis going on right now, but it's a problem I see plaguing a lot of restaurants. Each day becomes about putting out little fires, right? The liquor delivery is late. The bartender no-shows. Table 36 needs a wobble wedge. One of our regulars just found a hair in his food. Day in and day out, nothing but managing little crises. Putting out tons of little fires all day long until you're too tired to stand and you drop back in your bed only to wake up and do it all over again the next day. Again, We often spend so much time working in our business that we forget to carve out the time to work on our business. So right now, you're sitting there listening to this and you've probably done one of two things with your business. Either you've decided to close your restaurant, wait till things return to normal, or you've pivoted in some way. And I think it's obvious right now that the pivot is the only way forward. In fact, this week, I've watched a bunch of restaurant groups emerge from the shutdown, right? So here in New York City, the Dynex Group, run by Chef Danielle Baloud, he reopened uh, for curbside pickup, offering takeout food and home meal kits. Also, Chef Jean-Georges has reopened many of his restaurants for pickup and delivery. They're suddenly realizing that this is the new normal, or rather, this is going to be closer to normal than the normal we came from. Now, I'm going to take this opportunity to point you to an interview that Tim Ferriss did on his podcast, The Tim Ferriss Show, with Nick Kokonis. Nick, for those of you who don't know, is one of the owners of the Alinea Restaurant Group based out in Chicago. His business partner is Chef Grant Ackett's, and together they've built a bunch of successful restaurants, including Alinea, of course, as well as Next, Royster, and The Aviary. Nick is a brilliant guy, and actually his first interview with Tim is also incredible. Uh, I know I've talked about that before on the show, but this new one is all about how restaurants are pivoting during this crisis, and he shares some interesting insights into what he's seeing around the world. Of course, he's in a unique position to talk about that because he's also the founder of a company called Talk, which is a a reservation ticketing system he launched a few years back, so he gets eyes in on, on a bunch of different restaurants literally all over the world. At one point, Tim asks him, who's going to survive this pandemic? Which restaurants will come out the other side? And Nick's answer is that the restaurants that pivoted and continue to pivot and iterate, those will be the ones to succeed. And it's because they've figured out how to flex that muscle or they're figuring it out. They're figuring out how to get scrappy and creative and and just find a way through that when things return to normal, those businesses will be in a unique position to succeed. Now, again, that first interview is like three hours long, but this new one that was just released a couple weeks ago uh, is just 90 minutes long. I urge all of you to go download both of those. Nick is the smartest guy in any room, and I think he has a lot of wisdom to share. Again, as always, both links are in the show notes. So 
12 weeks ago, I don't know if I would have agreed with Nick's assessment. I think that for some businesses, it did make sense at that point to close. But now after seeing what's happening, I'm convinced that he's right. I think the new normal is going to look wildly different from the old normal and learning how to get scrappy is going to serve you well. But then, okay, how to do it? I mean, easier said than done, right? So I'm going to break this down into three different areas for the sake of today's conversation. Number one, how do we know when it's time to stop treading water and start swimming to shore? Number two, of course, then what does that look like? What shore do we head to and how do we chart a course to get there? And then number three, how can we do this assessment on an ongoing basis to make sure we're always swimming somewhere, not just waiting to be saved? Okay, then first up, how can we tell when it's time to stop treading water? Well, I think action is always preferable to inaction. So for me, I'm still a bit like that kid who didn't understand why he had to prove he could tread water. And so I'm going to suggest that you use treading water as a last-ditch effort, an emergency solution you keep in your back pocket but never plan on using. So how do you know? Well, it's easy when action, in this metaphor, that's swimming to shore, it's easy when action is your default. So we're going to talk about mindset in a few weeks, but I want you to shift your mindset when it comes to this. Action should always be your path forward. This didn't work? Okay, what about this? Did that work? Yes? Good. Now can we find something that works even better? If you're always optimizing, always looking for a better solution, a more profitable option, then you can't help but succeed. And that's what good leaders know. The secret is you always want to be swimming somewhere, iterating, innovating, and evolving as you seek ways to serve your audience. This is true right now with the crisis, but it's also true when it comes to everyday things like, let's say, menu development. Remember, we talked about this back on episode number 17 when we discussed how to maximize profits on your menu, but it's a perfect example of how to apply this way of thinking. So your menu should always be evolving. Even if you have signature dishes that everyone loves, there's plenty of room around that to tinker. So I don't subscribe to the idea that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The world is just too noisy these days, markets too saturated. Diners have so many great options for their next meal, you have to continue to give them reasons to return to you. So how can you tell when it's time to stop treading water? It's a trick question. That's the secret. You should be swimming for sure. The current menu works, great. Run the numbers and see how you can maximize the menu. So maybe that's identifying new purveyors to work with or renegotiating deals with existing partners. Maybe you want to play around with pricing or portion sizes or presentation. There's always something to be done. Likewise, maybe the dinner menu is good, but the lunch menu could use some work. Or what about the dessert menu or the drinks or the wine list? My point, there's always a shore to be swimming toward. If it's not the menu, it's the service, or the physical plant, or the marketing strategy, or the reservation book, or staffing, you get my point. You should always be striving to get better. That, it turns out, is the only way to get better. Second then, if you've been treading water for a long time, it's sometimes difficult to remember how exactly to start swimming again. Older restaurants often fall into this trap, even seemingly successful ones. They hold on so tightly to who they believe they are that they fail to become who they were meant to be, or rather, who they could be if only they let themselves. 
all of us can probably think of a couple of these restaurants. They're they're all over the country, and from the outside, they, they seem to have the kind of resources we can only dream of. And yet most of them struggle in many of the same ways that smaller restaurants do. The benefit we have by being small is that we can be nimble. There's that old saying about how big ships can't make right turns, and it's true. Big ships turn very, very slowly. It takes a long time, and they often have to go way out of their way just to swing the ship around properly. Small restaurants, though, are like speedboats, and that is to your advantage. If you don't capitalize on that, then you're missing out on a key asset. So to get started, you need to look at your business and see where things could be better. Like I just talked about, maybe that's the menu or the wine list or staffing or service. Whatever it is, you need to identify that area first. Then you give yourself an opportunity to brainstorm solutions. So you're identifying all of the possible shores you could swim to. Remember, the first answer is rarely the best, so let your mind wander. If it's a if it's a staffing issue, let yourself consider all of the possibilities. For example, do you have the right system but the wrong people? Or maybe the other way around. You've got a great core of people, but the system you've set up doesn't utilize them to their fullest. Or maybe you need to rebuild around a certain person. Or you just need more staff. You need to figure out which solution to pursue. After some time spent considering weighing the pros and cons, you decide on a direction and then just start swimming. And by that I mean give yourself specific actionable tasks as a way of accomplishing what you want to accomplish. So what you want to improve your staff and you identify that you have some great people, but maybe it's the system that's not working. Okay, great. Give yourself four steps you can take to get to a more productive place. The first step is about research. So maybe calling friends and colleagues to learn about the systems they have in place in their restaurants. Next is that brainstorming phase, right? Compile all of the information you've gathered and then think about how you may be able to implement it into your own restaurant. Come up with three or four different solutions to the problem you're looking to solve. Then implementation. This is where you assess all of your possible solutions and pick one to put into practice. And finally, assessment, which is when you take a step back and gauge the success of your efforts. Did it work? Congratulations. Did it fail? Great. Go back and look at some of the other ideas you came up with and see if one of those might work better. Put that one into practice and again, step back to assess repeat as needed. That's the basic process, which of course then brings us to the third area I wanted to discuss. How can we do this assessment on an ongoing basis to make sure we're always swimming somewhere and not just waiting to be saved? Well, you identified the problem, you came up with a potential solution, and then you took steps to put that solution into play. It either worked or it didn't, but you tweaked and iterated until you solved a problem. Great. So you were out in the middle of the ocean treading water, and now you've made it to land. So back into the water you go to find new problems that need solving. And see, that's how this thing goes. Over and over and over. Truth be told, there shouldn't ever be time to tread water because you'll be too busy swimming. You should always be identifying areas that need improving and coming up with ways to fix those. So that is how you do this by addressing those three key areas and then repeating the process until the end of time. Now, two final points. Number one, of course you're still going to spend time putting out fires. It's inevitable. 
You just can't let it take over your day. Much of your energy, or at least a good chunk of your energy, should be spent improving your business. Which then leads me to number two, there's still time to pivot. And if you've already pivoted once, there's still time to pivot again. In fact, the future of your business relies on you pivoting again and again and again and again. The new normal will not look anything like the old normal. Embrace the uncertainty that lies ahead and do not wait to be saved. I want you to get clear on what the future looks like. It is about constant improvement, constant evolution. You solve a problem, then another, then another, which if you go all the way back to the very first episode of this podcast, you'll remember is how we defined marketing. It's about identifying an audience that needs to be served and then serving them, taking care of them, solving their problems. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Your assignment is to just pick one area and swim towards the shore. Solve one problem. Maybe that's the pivot. Maybe that's the pivot you need to do right now or another pivot you need to do or figuring out how to reopen your restaurant when all looks bleak. Just figure out one shore, one problem to solve and swim to that shore. So that's what I wanted to talk about today, the difference between treading water and swimming to shore. The first may be a great thing to teach eight-year-olds at the public pool. The other, though, is how you succeed in business. So your assignment today, then, is to just pick one shore, figure one problem that needs solving, come up with a solution, and swim towards that solution, put it into practice, solve that one problem, and then go back towards solving another one keep swimming. And the way we keep swimming is by starting to swim. As always, I want to thank you for being here. If you've got the time, please take a few minutes and give us a review on either Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. The five-star ratings really do help us in the rankings, which means we get to serve more people and keep growing this community. I know these are strange times. I hope you and your families are staying safe. Remember, creativity is a renewable resource. Keep up the hard work, and I will see you back here next week.